Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the perks that are getting nerfed and toned down in Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. It'll take you right to my Twitch channel. I'm probably live right now, so go to saynotorage.com. It'll take you to this link, and you'll be able to watch the channel and submit questions live. I am recording this on September the 30th. This is before Shadowkeep drops, but I did want to talk to people about the perks that are getting nerfed and toned down. Uh, Some folks aren't happy. I'm trying to give some perspective here, both in my video about ritual weapons and in this video, just on why these things are probably necessary. So keep in mind, we haven't seen patch notes and we haven't seen the, you know, the actual things taking place in Shadowkeep yet. So when this hits YouTube, you might be like, we already know this or we've already experimented with this, Lono, you're an idiot. Just keep in mind when this was recorded. Uh, hitting like and subscribe is a free way to help me out on YouTube, by the way, if you're watching there. So perks getting nerfed. What are they doing? That's what we're going to start with. I'm going to read through to you what they're doing and their line of thinking with respect to some of the perks that are getting addressed secondly we're going to talk about new perks I, I think this is a necessity in this in this spectrum of change i think a lot of people are forgetting that we've had a lot of new perks added and a lot of them don't matter or people don't care about them that much uh, unless they fall into the damage structure perks and then elemental primaries Every time this comes up, I'm going to bring up Elemental Primaries and hope that more and more people catch that vision. Uh, There are a lot of things we've talked about for over a year on this channel that are now happening in the game. And if we can continue to drive that conversation, uh, I'm going to selfishly do that because I want true Elemental Primaries, true Elemental Primaries to return to the game. So let me just read to you what they're doing uh, to set the tone of the talk here, okay? Perks that are being adjusted. Rampage, Kill Clip, Swash Buckler, Multi-Kill Clip, Desperado, Surrounded, Master of Arms, and Onslaught. Okay, These are all being lowered in how strong they are because they were becoming, according to Bungie, the only perks worth using. It was really all anybody was chasing. It was making it hard for any other perks to see the light of day. In general, these perks are going to use the same damage multipliers for PvE that they did in PvP. Okay, the change to Rampage does not affect Huckleberry, so they're going to let Huckleberry kind of stand apart now against things like Breakneck and other Rampage weapons. Onslaught and Desperado now change bullet impact values while you're in PvE, and Surrounded no longer multiplies precision damage on top of base damage as it was benefiting some weapon types more than others as a result. So keep in mind they're doing these adjustments to these perks in addition to lowering perk multipliers against the red bars, but they're raising base damage against red bars, so we don't truly know how this is all going to shake up and make weapons feel until we kind of hit the ground running in Shadowkeep. And so when I'm recording this video, that hasn't happened yet, so keep that in mind when you're leaving comments. According to Bungie, legendary weapons have become too powerful overall. In many cases, they even outclass exotic primary weapons, so we're walking them back a bit. All the way back to original Destiny, we had a perk named Crowd Control, and it did a 15% extra damage. At this point in Destiny 2, Rampage caps out at 67%. That's actually 447% higher than what you got in D1. So D1 was just 15%. Now Rampage can get up to 67%. That's overkill against most of the enemies you're probably using on anyway. Legendary damage perks have become so powerful, they simply invalidate non-damage related 
perks. I think it's very important to read their their mindset on this and not just be like, nerf, 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 nerf. Why are they nerfing? Again, as I said in my ritual weapons video, you have to take these changes as one giant package. If you get isolated down and siloed into one change and just focus on that, it might feel like they're hurting your favorite build or your favorite gun. They're making significant changes to the game the way that Delta works. You know, 10 to 40 levels of Delta when enemies are stronger than you and as far as level, they're not going to be as punishing. They're going to die a little bit quicker. They're not going to do as much damage to you, okay? They're also changing base damage against red bars, crit multiplier against red bars, and they're making these changes, okay? So this is one big change to the game, not just one isolated thing where they're they're trying to hurt your favorite god roll weapon, okay? And we need to wait. Exotics need their day in the sun. There's so many exotic primaries that are just not worth using. This could open up the landscape for two things to happen. Exotics could start to be more worth it. They could buff some of them. I know they're buffing uh, the Graviton Lance. They're making changes to Sunshot. If they start buffing those, if they leave like they're doing, they're leaving Huckleberry alone, you could start to have these guys sort of rising in their prominence again and maybe deserving of use, especially now that we have a legendary heavy worth using, which is a grenade launcher. Hopefully today, when we get the patch notes on September 30th, hopefully we get some patch notes today or tomorrow that show they're also making changes to rocket launchers now we also need the other thing we need is not just more room for exotics we need new perks let's talk about that second this change doesn't just need to happen all by itself in a vacuum Bungie has got to introduce new perks and they've been adding new perks here and there with armory and reckoning and then menagerie here and there there's been some new perks showing up that are sometimes worthy of chase and sometimes not like demolitionist is one that certain people are becoming very fond of and I do think there needs to be more perks here so if you're like man all my damage perks got nerfed what other perks could I potentially change and look at using and they need to take a look at that now what I'm not going to argue for though is that every perk suddenly becomes stronger or better I don't want them to say well we don't want bad perks anymore bad perks have to be present so that there's a big difference between a bad roll and a god roll if there's a broad spectrum of bad roll to god roll that makes the grind worth it that makes weapon pursuit and and, and, and pursuing a good roll worth it if all guns and all perks are basically considered quote unquote good so that there's just a hundred good rolls and maybe one god roll the difference between all those good rolls and the god roll gets shrunk and then it's not really motivating for you to grind for multiple versions of the gun it's almost in some measure it's almost a return to static roles if you do that if every role is basically good then there's no real reason there's no spectrum just get the gun and be done most of the community would basically do that they're like well I got a good roll I'm done bad roles are actually really really important to loot pursuit and I hope that that's clear when you think through that like well he's kind of right if every roll was basically good I wouldn't really care about what I get it makes the perks superfluous if the difference between my Ostringer and your Ostringer is incredibly marginal now what I hope happens though is that damage perks get dialed back to feeling slightly marginal more more marginal than they are now and switching weapons won't feel so painful so if you have a weapon with rampage or swashbuckler or whatever the frick you like running 
it would be really really nice to take that weapon off and not feel like it's detrimental to your loadout I did this all the time in D1 people are like why are you running an angel's advocate in king's fall because I like it why are you running a treads upon stars because I like it the difference between one weapon to the next in, in, in destiny 1 at that time wasn't as dramatic it's like oh it doesn't have rampage no use running it doesn't have a you know a damage perk not worth running it and I do think hopefully with new perks and new guns and new pursuits they can really lean in to this where I don't feel pigeonholed on the role and also giving more unique or maybe more dynamic roles for us to chase with some of the new perks they've dialed back some of the crit damage maybe there could be some things that proc when you do crit or body damage depending on the archetype of the weapon SMGs and auto rifles could be gun types that get some unique treatment for body damage as opposed to crit damage to make them viable in PvE and not every weapon feeling the same just just headshot 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 everyone's running hand cannons now let's talk about elemental primaries I'm not going to stop banging on this drum until we get a definitive answer or movement within the weapon system in this direction. I think this is the best time to bring back true elemental primaries. If you suddenly throw arc burn on a gun like the Warden's Law or the Awestringer, now you have the opportunity to fill that gun's loot pool with elemental perks. Whether it's bigger elements like Firefly, you could do things with Void and Arc and Solar that are completely different than each other and they add different effects to the enemies, whether it's damage over time, suppression, blinding, chain lightning, all these different things. Now, you need to do it in low low effects. You don't want to turn legendaries you don't want, to, you don't want Power Creed to come back in and these start behaving like exotics I'm not arguing for that but I do think you could have damage focused perks and elemental focused perks which would give you a lot more diversity in the, in the perk pools of the weapons themselves which would give Bungie the power to get more creative every single season as opposed to feeling like what are we going to add to the weapons now lowering these these perks in their extreme like overpowered expression in the game is going to give Bungie the opportunity to give you more flexibility in your loadout. As I said in my ritual weapons video, power is best experienced in a context where you are challenged and you have choice. Choice and challenge have to be felt in order for power to truly translate to the player. So when you're choosing your loadout, your weapons, perk rolls, exotics, armor, all those things, armor 2.0, and the actual challenge of the content is pressing in against that, that I think is when we feel the most powerful. This is why people have lots of fond memories of Wrath of the Machine because there was a lot of loadout freedom and differences in how you could approach those fights and it felt challenging and fun to move around the room and try the different things. We need a more sensible spectrum and exotics and different legendaries need to get some presence so I'm hoping that lowering these perks can achieve that and that people won't be so upset about what they're perceiving as just a, an, an isolated nerf in a vacuum but an overall change to the structure of the game if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now come on in, say no to rage.com we'll bring you right to my Twitch channel, as always please like, share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about perks getting nerfed in Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. I'm probably live right now, and SayNoToRage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel that's listed right here. This is being recorded on September the 30th. This is picking up uh, where we left off with another Q&A session. This is before Shadowkeep comes out. Keep that in mind when you listen to my answers, Okay. Um, so the first question is from King Diddy. Do you think the perks that will be nerfed 
uh, is to make us use different perks. I don't necessarily think that's the exact heart behind it. I I, I don't think... Listen, I've, I've said this before. Don't break the train so we play with the blocks, right? Don't break the thing that we like so we start playing with something else. I don't think that's what's happening in this scenario, and I think it's very easy to see it that way. It's very easy to see it that way, but I don't think that's what's going on, okay? Number one, there's no space for anything else, okay? So instead of, like, breaking the train to make us play with the blocks... It's almost like a room full of toys and someone rolls in a television with, you know, cartoons on it. Well, the kids are all going to drop what they're playing with and that's all they're going to do is watch that TV almost every time, right? That's kind of what these damage perks were. They were too good. They're too good. Nothing else can compete. Like, not at all. And so they're trying to bring it back into its lane to where if you put away your Rampage Outlaw gun and you get out something else with a different set of perks, it doesn't feel so dramatic that you that other perks feel worthless also if they're wanting to introduce new perks like they've done up to this point with things like demolitionist and other new perk ideas each season there's got to be room on the table for those perks or you're always just going to keep rolling with what you roll with also keep in mind also keep in mind when they introduce a new gun you do the same thing. It's like a lateral upgrade. You just go from one hand cannon with Outlaw Rampage to another hand cannon with Outlaw Rampage. Or from a hand cannon with Outlaw Rampage to a pulse rifle with Outlaw Rampage. It's freaking boring. I don't know how anybody's been playing all this time and they can't see how boring and one-dimensional that is i mean they could come up with perks that are specifically built what if they did that we haven't even we haven't even thought about this this just came to me and i wish i would have put this in my talk perks on a gun that are specific to the archetype you know like a pulse rifle gets head seeker like but what we need more perks specific to the archetype of pulse rifle perks specific to the archetype of a hand cannon auto rifle smg right we see perks that are like that and then when they show up on other guns we're like why is zen moment on a hand cannon right like because we know zen moments are you know mainly meant for like like pulses and subbies and auto rifles right so they could really lean into that more so then the difference between your hand cannon and your pulse rifle isn't just that it's a it's a different gun type but like you actually prioritize different perks within those perk pools so i i do think that this is, a, this is a situation where they are trying to make room for other perks, but I don't feel this is like when they nerf something so that we use other heavies or something. Like when they nerfed machine guns, hoping we would all start picking up grenade launchers. The nerf to machine guns wasn't necessary, and it, it again was like, oh, you're just breaking the train, so I play with the blocks. When you have outliers, when you have perks that are far and away better, I mean, a 67% damage buff on a fully fully stacked out rampage 3 gun all the way up to 67 percent i mean there's just nothing that can compete compete with that so jinja 300 do you think that these ritual weapons won't have unique perks that bungie could potentially release multiple ritual weapons per season for example when festival lost comes out i i you know what this is probably what they're gonna do I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, hey, Festival of the Lost has a ritual weapon. Uh, the Dawning has a ritual weapon. Because they already did. We looked at it today. The, the, the Festival of the Lost 
had the the horror auto rifle i always forget the freaking name that auto rifle was essentially a ritual weapon it had a static curated roll that was really good and you couldn't get any other version of it horror story thank you the horror story was probably the first ritual weapon honestly it was a now the horror's lease is a pulse rifle from a nightfall the horror story is an auto rifle with a set roll no random rolls boom done awesome I bet you they do that again and they say they, they could they could call it a ritual ritual weapon for festival of laws a ritual weapon for the dawning I, I I think this puts them in a really I don't know this could put them in a really good place oh faction rallies had them as well faction rally, oh wait were the weapons in faction rally wait but faction rally did not show up post forsaken horrors least did I'm sorry horror story did right yes Yes. Did it? Am I misremembering? Yeah. Horror Story came after Forsaken and it was like a a ritual weapon. There was there was there any faction rally after Forsaken? I thought faction rallies just stopped after Forsaken. So there's not been any ritual weapons for faction rally because year 1 was all static rolls anyway. Faction rallies had one unique weapon per faction. Right, but everything was static back then, so it's not the same. It's not the same. In any case, I think this is potentially what they do. This is potentially what they do with uh, those free seasonal events. Slothiant says, what type of game modes would you like to see in Destiny? I don't get really, um, I don't get really hardcore on this. I don't make strong demands about game modes. I don't play a lot of PvP. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that Gambit has has, has done so poorly up to now. Because uh, I think Gambit could do uh, a whole lot better. I think Gambit could do a whole lot better, and the the idea of Gambit, Gambit on paper, I think is like really, really, really good. I think Gambit in execution has not landed the plane. So there's a part of me that would love to see them get Gambit right. Mixing PvP and PvE just sounds like the right thing to do in Destiny, mixing of the two worlds. Um, now beyond that, I would love to see Trials come back. I, I wasn't a big Trials guy, but I liked watching it, and I liked periodically jumping into Trials with some other streamers. It was fun. Um, but other than that, I don't have a strong, like, oh yeah, do this, blah, 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 do this. Now, if we could get dedicated servers and really open big open world areas with more than nine people to an area, really big world boss fights could be fun too, but that would, that would be like another game. You know, that'd be another engine. Um, so... Slayer Rage nailed it in his view of Gambit. He says, there's invaders, and then there's everyone else. Well, I called Gambit a PvP game mode in disguise. It's a PvP game mode in disguise. It is dictated by the PvP elements and practically nothing else. The PvE elements are rudimentary and silly. Collecting moats, not hard. Banking moats, not hard. Killing blockers, not hard. Killing the boss, not hard. It's just a apply the formula and you can kill all the stuff. The, there is no strategy behind the PvE elements of it, almost at all. The PvP is really the only thing that determines the, the, the outcome of Gambit. It's a PvP game mode in disguise. Lundian. What's the best strategy for new players with the Shadowkeep expansion? We have no idea how to answer questions like this. I am a veteran of this game. I've played since day one beta of Destiny 1, and I can't tell you what to do, because I don't know the best strategy yet. Hindsight's always 2020, okay? If you're like, oh my gosh, what's the best strategy, Lono? Ask me this question in like a day or two. We got to get a day or two into the content and we start to unearth the absolute best, most efficient approach to leveling and advancing in the game. It's incredibly hard for me to do that now. 
we can speculate but that e- even our speculation sometimes is completely inaccurate because something bamboozles us and I'll give you an example we understood leveling going into season of opulence okay we understood leveling we land in season of opulence and we apply the formula and the formula was broken by changes that Bungie made without telling us all of a sudden dreaming city milestones were giving us plus ones instead of pluses six you know five six and sevens they were giving us plus ones so we wasted time it slowed us down and our entire leveling strategy was was up thrown into upheaval by that change that they didn't announce so I, I, I can tell you right now that I think the best plan is level up with NBCs, get as close to 900 as possible. If you can't get to 900, get to 900. Then run the campaign. Once you're done with the campaign, do your do a milestone and then do um, gap filling with the menagerie. Milestone, gap fill at menagerie. Milestone, gap fill at menagerie. Just pivot back and forth between those two because menagerie is going to let you target specific non-powerful drops non-powerful drops drop between zero and three levels below your total power level and so milestones give you a bump and then you gap fill and what i mean by gap fill is you get a big jump on your helmet and then you use menagerie to get everything else and then once you're done doing that then you you do another milestone you could use tokens but menagerie will be a whole lot more intentional about whatever is lagging behind do the chalice and you get the token you get the rune back give me boots done give me helmet done like and menagerie's like what 10 minutes so you could waste an awful lot of tokens on stuff you don't need obviously tokens are pretty good initially you might want to do like again there could be a perfect formula here you do a milestone and you get a jump on your helmet well there's eight items in your inventory okay there's five pieces of armor and there's three guns okay so you get a jump on your helmet from that milestone from that powerful reward nice cool and then you can go pump tokens into an npc because seven out of eight of your equipable items could get a bump from that npc you do that until there's like one or two gap items that you're not getting and then go run menagerie twice that may be the most effective way to level i don't know like again we are totally speculating and guessing i do think no matter what happens i think menagerie is going to be a very intentional way to level i think token dumping is going to be helpful for gap filling as well and i think milestones you're going to want to really spread them out you're not going to want to do them back to back because if you do a milestone and it bumps your helmet and then you're dutiful and you take the time to gap fill and you raise yourself from 810 to 815 your next milestone is going to be based off of 815 which you're going to get more bang for your buck so gap filling is going to be super super helpful Menagerie will not give powerful rewards, but you have to remember this single important line from the TWAB. Non-powerful rewards will drop within 0 to 3 levels of your level. So if you're 925, but your boots are like 915, you can run Menagerie, tell it you want boots, and you're 925, so your boots are going to pop out at the very least at 922. Like, you can basically say, I have an item that's fallen behind, non-powerful rewards drop close to my level, I'm going to run Menagerie. I don't know if they're going to cap non-powerful rewards, it doesn't seem like they are, it seems like you're going to hit 900 and have to jumpstart things by, it's of highest equipable? Yeah, your highest power level, so like I said, if your highest level is 925, non-powerfuls can bump you. You get three powerful drops from Menagerie? No, you don't. 
they said in the TWAB, all year two powerfuls are converting to legendaries. So year two powerful rewards are getting converted uh, to legendaries. So again, though, again, leveling is going to be better because you're going to, I think we are, we are going to scream to 900. I think you're going to hit 900 in the blink of a freaking eye. I think the dance between 900 and 950 is going to be the doing a milestone, getting a bump, gap filling. Doing a milestone, getting a bump, gap filling. You're going to be kind of pivoting between those two uh, activities. So, what are you doing? Press A to play. <laughs> Shut up. Chew, Chewbacca blows. No, he doesn't. Anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new finishing moves coming to Destiny? I think they look awesome. It sounds like they're adding a layer of uh, intentionality and gameplay effect. I'm bummed that I got really excited about creating purple bricks for everybody, and I created a term called Genji Jolly Rancher. I had a whole build that I was going to do, and before I even got a chance to do it, they nerfed it. (laughs) They're already nerfing that finishing perk that's going to let you... Uh, create <laughs> create heavy <laughs> they already nerfed Genji Jolly Rancher before I even got a chance to run it what's Genji Jolly Rancher? Genji is a character from Overwatch I was going to make a really strong melee driven build for way of a thousand cuts I was going to do knife trick all day I was going to use knife trick to generate a crazy amount of super energy and every time I was going to hit 50% super energy I was going to do a finisher so every 50% super energy was going to be an exchange of 6 power bricks I think Bungie heard me or somebody say that and they were like holy frick that's way too powerful um thank you castaway for four months listen i'm not delusional i don't think bungie sits here with notepads and like we better take notes on what lono is saying a lot of people misconstrue my comments when i'm like this is something i predicted or this is something i asked for they think i'm like trying to take credit i'm not you're completely misinterpreting my comments when you do that but whenever they did this to that finishing move generating the all the purple en- uh, ammo for any part um why Jolly Rancher? Because little purple Jolly Ranchers would be all over the ground. That's what the little purple heavy bricks look like. They look like Jolly Ranchers. Anyway, I, I, I'm I not delusional. I'm not delusional. I don't have delusions of grandeur, but I'm fairly certain I talked about Genji Jolly Rancher a little too much. I think somebody here, somebody was watching the stream, ran that up the flagpole at Bungie, and they're like, uh, this is going to be way too strong. Uh, (laughs) This guy has already come up with a build in his mind that's going to be creating power ammo for his team, you know, every 30 seconds, probably, in really challenging content, because Knife Trick is stupidly strong. Um, (laughs) So, I think it got got run up the flagpole, because... They said it was in flux. They said, oh, that perk was in flux. No, it was not in flux. That's bullcrap. Number one, they showed off the perk not once, but twice. They showed it off twice, and everybody was talking about it. In the interviews, it was a talking point in the interviews. They were literally being interviewed and talking about that particular perk. It was not in flux. It was not in flux. (laughs) We talked about it too much, and uh, it got nerfed. It got nerfed. (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Cleveland, do you believe Feeding Frenzy is too strong of a perk to be in all the weapon perk pools? Um, Man, do you know what Feeding Frenzy should switch to? Uh, especially based off of its name. I think Feeding Frenzy should require a, at least a rapid kill. Two rapid kills. Um, I, I don't... Uh, am I drinking and doing a 24-hour stream? No. Um, that's that sounds like t- a terrible idea. I'm not the, the I think feeding frenzy should require some rapid kills or something. I think that would be more reasonable 
So if I kill, you know, bam, 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 three shanks, whoop, feeding frenzy, pulse rifle, you know, you're like, put, 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 okay, got a couple of kills, quick reload. Um, I, I don't know. The fact that I can, like, one shot a shank and get feeding frenzy to proc just seems a little too low hanging fruit. Um, listen, I, I don't want to nerf every perk into the ground, but when a perk is thoughtless and super beneficial, it's really hard for you to ever want to use anything ever else ever again. So feeding frenzy, if they put feeding frenzy into the general like perk pool, I, that, that that overrides every single other perk in that lane. You're just always gonna want feeding frenzy. It's it's such a it's such a one size fits all perk. It's like a damage perk that rampage going up to sixty seven percent damage buff. Like, how are you? How are how are you even gonna ever compete with that? So. And I know people are going to go to the comments like, you're just trying to take away all our great perks. I actually just want a lot of diversity. If you have Feeding Frenzy, it could still be awesome. You could still proc it. You just got to be intentional with how you proc it. But since it's not so one-size-fits-all, there'd be room for other perks to shine in that lane. Um, SWC. Will you do Story Mode first or spam tokens to level up? I think tent- tentatively... Okay. I think tentatively, my plan is to try to level up first because we don't know sometimes in a campaign they have like planned drops and planned injections of things that um, can really really help your your leveling or your XP or whatever and you don't want to like throw those away it's probably a pretty short campaign but you never know all of a sudden you're an hour into the campaign and you go talk to Zavala and he drops a powerful or he drops a bunch of XP in your lap or whatever the frick you'd want to have like if possible you want to be like as high as level as possible and maybe even have your your artifact already because then because sometimes the rhythm of the campaign is anticipating you not being max level because <laughs> they think they like the lion's share of the community is just going to boot up and see the little thing, the little blue thing, and they're going to be like, oh, go get the thing, go get the blue thing, and then they're just going to start on the on the campaign. Uh, Hidden Samurai with five months. Welcome back. Almost a half a year badge. One more month, man. Thank you. What are the contests and power levels set to? I think it maxes out at 920, according to Luke Smith. So you're everybody's aiming for like... Everybody's kind of aiming for like low 900s and hoping for about 20 levels on the, on the, the artifact after a week. It's kind of what we're hoping for. So. Uh, GI Killer. Do you think any of the Pinnacle Weapon quests, aside from Triumphs, will be reset? I have no idea. I would anticipate them being reset. Bather. Season pass info. Like, I do... Do I have to pay more when I log in when it comes out? No. No. So, when you see that, like, season pass, battle pass, book thing that you can level up and get loot from, that is not a microtransaction in the game. You cannot go in and buy that book. It's not possible. You can buy a season, and that pass comes with the season. So you can buy Season of the Undying if you'd like, all by itself. I don't know why you would. Um, oh, wait, here. Cosmo confirmed they would not reset, but you will need to hit Fabled again in the new season. Thank you, Subaru. There's your answer to people asking about Pinnacles. Um... So, you can buy Season of the Undying for $10 if you want. I would just buy Shadowkeep. And it comes with the season, and it comes with the book. It comes with the season pass. 
in the winter season of dawn will be on sale for ten dollars you can buy that and it just comes with the book there is not a way for you to go in and say just give me the book for this microtransaction fee of three dollars five dollars whatever that is not a thing that you can do it's thrown in with the season all you gotta do is buy the season that's it so ripper g87 says when bungie uh when's bungie gonna patch dreaming city offering chess glitch it's still working for some people they're saying uh we're lucky we'll still have an oracle and inventory with chess gives xp um man that was a poorly written sentence that i don't know when they're going to do anything about that i would hope they could before tomorrow because that advantage is going to be ridiculous on the artifact that's really going to take away the charm of like who can get their artifact to x level first or not you know what i mean like i don't know um kid next dorks adding to your idea of elemental perks you think adding unique perks to kinetic weapons like bonus to fighting unshielded enemies would be better for the health of the pve meta as opposed to just shifting to purely elemental primaries no and i'll tell you why i think shields and elemental shields offer a nice layer of difficulty that's not delta it's a pain point that can be mitigated and overcome if you play borderlands borderlands i know people get tired of me saying this but man borderlands took a lot of my ideas twin sirens my idea i have a video that's super old with that idea in it a Beastmaster class <laughs> extra shields so having an, a, an electric shield and then an armor shield and then health that's right out of one of my borderlands videos okay <laughs> and th- why is that a good idea lono why are you tooting your own horn well because what that does is that's a mitigatable pain point as opposed to being like hey this guy did have 900 health now he has 2000 <laughs> have fun chiseling him down no it's oh it's this type of shield i have all three elements in my loadout let me switch let me pop the shield now he's stunned let me kill him with this other thing let me throw a grenade let me do this let me do that it's it's a it's layered difficulty that with the right choices those layers can be chopped through very efficiently okay you know when you see like the karate guy and he stacks up all the boards and in one fell swoop he just breaks all the boards right the the idea the idea of having you know oh i'm gonna go from this difficulty to this difficulty having extra shields or extra elemental types would be like those extra boards and the karate master can chop through it why because you build yourself spec yourself have the right elements and you can go that that's why I think elemental shields, elemental perks, and elemental weapons would be a huge add to the game. Now, that scales down really, really well. Why? Because when you scale it down, you're like, I have arc on my warden's law. Okay, what does that do for you in b- basic combat? Almost nothing. You pop a shield here and there, you know? Match baby becomes pointless when you can match all elements? Incorrect. No, it does not. That's like saying prism becomes pointless when you can have all elements. No, it actually takes the modifier and it brings it and it it allows it to flourish. And it's like, oh, this week match game is on. Okay, well, let me make sure I have all elements. Oh, my heavy is void. Why don't you run a primary that's void? Okay, because then you can, again, you're loading out 
your character. You're changing your loadout and you're changing your playstyle, and that reaps a reward in the content. That's what modifiers are supposed to do. Modifiers are supposed to change the way that you kind of approach the content. Modifiers up to this point are just freaking painful and annoying. So what happens? A bad combination of modifiers hits, and instead of you adjusting your loadout for the content, you just don't play it. You're like, well, it's glass. Bye. Not playing. Well, it's blackout. Bye. Not playing. Match game? Nope. See ya. Bye. If I'm telling you, elemental primaries is not unnecessarily complicated. It really isn't because we had it before. You, we had it before. What do you do with elemental primaries right now? What do you do when you're running a nation of beasts? What do you do with it? You pop a couple arc shields here and there, and you get some firefly kills, and that's it. That's all you do. It's not some disproportionately strong thing. Like, dude, have you have you run an elemental primary? Oh my gosh, it makes the content so much easier. No, you don't say that at all. The, the, the benefits are marginal. The benefits are marginal. It won't be complicated, it'll be complex. Right, so you would see a nightmare hunt, and you would be navigating a handful of things. Number one, you'd be navigating the champion modifiers. There's barrier, there's overload, there's these different champions that are going to show up, and you got to have some mods on your artifact, you know, in order to meet that. And then you see match game, and you're like, okay, well, I have a decent arc primary right now, so let's slot that in. Uh, I have a, I have the only good the only good heavy I have is void, so I gotta run a solar in the secondary slot. What am I gonna run? Okay, that's like this soft pain and pressure put on you. If if you want to run optimum, now you don't have to do that. Nobody is forcing you to go arc solar void. I gotta run all three. Nobody's forcing you to do that. But in your mind, you're thinking I could optimize here. I could shift some things around. And I'm going to get a benefit. Oh, and you, my buddy that I'm playing with. Okay, what do you have? Okay, you have that? Okay, hang on a minute. Uh, Let me shift some of my stuff around. Okay, now we can complement each other really well. So when we run into that room and there's all those void shields, uh, you can use, you know, your auto rifle that's void, and then I'll kind of hold off. I'm going to want to save my heavy. I, I, I said it in my talk. Power is best experienced when challenge and choice are felt. Okay, challenge. What did I say? No, power. Power is best experienced when challenge and choice are felt. If I can feel the challenge and my choice, like landing in the content, that is when you actually feel powerful. I don't feel powerful when me and six other people just empty our grenade launchers into a raid boss. That I don't feel powerful doing that. I don't. When did I feel the most powerful in the history of Destiny? Wrath of the Machine, Axis. Why? Because challenge and choice were felt. Tier 12, Starfire Protocol. This guy's running Dark Drinker. This guy's got the rocket launcher from Dead Orbit with the clusters. Let's go. Let's do this. Flying around the room. Triple cannon in the middle. Throwing those charges. Overcoming those objectives. Slamming the plates. Getting the extra supers. Maximizing DPS. That's when I felt powerful. I don't feel powerful when your modifiers suck or I'm burning through the content like it's paper. So with the new elements, like 
with the new way they've structured Delta, if it's 10 to 40 higher than you, it's not as painful. That means we're going to feel empowered to go into content that's a little bit above us. And one of the best ways for me to experience that type of content is for you to say, match game. No problem. I can meet that on the battlefield. I got to adjust my loadout a little bit, shift some things around. My buddy over here is going to do the same. So we're a balanced fire team. And then now it's that power is felt because the challenge and the choice is felt as a player instead of, well, match game sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, yeah, I got I got a solar and a void. Uh, do, do you got an arc and a zor? Oh, okay, cool. And then you run up to a guy who's got a who's got a shield that you can't match, and you're like, "Can you come up here? I gotta hide. I can't I can't pop his shield, you know." Or glasses on, I gotta hide. <laughs> you know, <laughs> blackouts on, I gotta hide. Like, I, that's that's how I think that that. I see elemental primaries and elemental perks and and those those layers of difficulty banging on all cylinders. And I think that would be like a really good sort of hey, we we know that you guys are bummed about getting, you know, your pinnacles taken away and you know, we took away uh, you know, some some how strong some of those perks were, but the good news is it's opened up the game to give more room to all these other, you know, all these other things. So, 120 questions. Yeah, we're already like 60 ends because we did we did two Q and A sessions, so the count seems really high. Right now we're on question 66. <laughs> I caught your video on YouTube about perks getting nerfed, and how do you think it will be good for the game? Are you concerned about nerfs if they also don't include new perks? Yeah, I talked about that in the talk today. You probably weren't here. It was a couple hours ago. I do multiple shows a day. I've been live for seven hours, so you just missed it. That's not your fault. I said in the video about uh, perks getting nerfed that I believe it's a necessity now to start seeing new perks show up every season. I also think they're more likely to be attractive if they make room on the perk on the on the battlefield of perks. Who's standing tall? Eh, you know, Rampage is probably still standing tall, but other perks can stand tall too. Ah, uh, pyr- pyronetic. Not sure if you're a big lore guy, but what is currently your favorite subject and character in the lore? I like theorizing about what we're going to do to the triangle ships. I have been theorizing the reason that they're holding off on the Dreadnought. We're supposed to be going back to the Dreadnought in this DLC, according to the Luke Smith sort of like, hey, the end credit scene, the the light of the Traveler hits everything in the order of DLC. It goes Mercury, Mars, and then it hits the Reef, and then it hits the Dreadnought. Well, we're skipping that. We're jumping to the moon instead. I like theorizing about two things. Number one, I like theorizing that we're going to repower the Dreadnought and use it as a weapon against the Triangle ships, and it's going to cause chaos and throw things into disarray, and that'll lead to Destiny 3. I like that theory. I also like the theory of the Strangers showing up and freezing time and and uh, and and kind of like saving us and bringing back Cade. Uh, with time travel. I think the stranger is a time traveler. I think she's worked with Osiris. I think there's there's actual like dialogue to hint at the fact that her and Osiris like have worked together before. Uh, they both refer to a ghost as little light. So those are like the two things I kinda like to like talk about. I guess there's an official Discord now for Destiny. Um Destiny 2 is now officially on Discord. Join the server and follow our channels for news and updates. Uh there you go. Ashen Hollow. 
We talked about them hiding new perks in B, A, and Drifter, Black Armory Drifter, but most of the perks added were damage increasers. Do you feel Bungie can actually make perks that affect how the gun feels and is worth pursuing? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought this up, because we haven't highlighted this yet. We haven't really highlighted this yet. Note, uh, note, North Dame, or like, maybe it's just supposed to be Notre Dame, but she spelled it North Dame. Thank you so much for the brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. I'm glad you brought this up. So, yes, most of the perks they've added have been damage perks. One-two punch, swashbuckler, multi-kill clip, uh, things like that. Okay, here's the thing. If Rampage is the ideal, then everything kind of has to try to compete with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, firing line. When when the tallest person in the room is seven foot tall, you've almost got to be like, well, anybody that we bring in has got to be at least six and a half feet. Does that make, does that make sense? You, you've, you've got, you have to work on that landscape. That's the spectrum. The spectrum for perks on guns is damage perks. And so that's what they leaned into with all the new perks, right? When they try to do cool things like demolitionist, I think a lot of people end up overlooking it or not using it because they feel the pain of not having, you know, not having their damage perk. So they introduce new perks and they have to play on that landscape of, well, it's got to, it's got to be damage based. So given that reality, I think if they tone down damage perks to, as I said before, if it's not super painful for me to switch guns, then I can try lots of new perks. And I use my example of running King's Fall with an Angel's Advocate, or a Treads Upon Stars, or a Dis 47, or whatever the frick I felt like, because switching primaries wasn't super painful back then. You know? AKA Twins 2000. Hey Lono, do you think we will get a raid exotic in Shadowkeep? Yeah, it's the it's the trace rifle that makes a crit spot on the enemy. By the way, if you're new to the stream and it's your first time being here, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is kind of what I do. Interactive podcast style streaming while playing. Obviously, we can't play right now. If you're enjoying your time here today, remember to click follow. That's the heart button. That is a free and easy way to support what I'm doing and uh, make sure that you come back the rest of the week for Shadowkeep. There's also a podcast tonight at 8.30 p.m. Eastern right here on the channel. Uh, Paul Tassie from Forbes is one of the co-hosts and we have a really good time. So be here tonight as well. If you follow, you can turn on alerts to not miss out on all this dope stuff. Um, It's not the Trace Rifle. I swear I saw it confirmed to be part of a quest. That was a mistake. Um... They showed it as an exotic quest on the calendar and that has been since updated and that exotic quest is now that like machine gun called the Xenophage and the the Divinity Trace Rifle is no longer on that calendar. That was actually a mistake. So we're pretty sure Divinity is still the uh, exotic for the raid. Hey Lono, with these perk changes, do you believe there's more of an incentive to use more exotic primaries like Ace or or Sunshot over something else? That's another one of their goals. Yes, that's another one of their goals is to um, 
is to say, hey, uh, you know, we just buffed, you know, Graviton Lance, or there's other primaries, or hey, we nerfed Rampage, but we didn't nerf Rampage on the Huckleberry, so there's reasons there to, yeah, pivot to some exotics. That's another part of their goal here. Drewski, couldn't you remove the useless perks from guns that don't help that much and replace them with better ones so that people could chase multiple roles on the same gun? I don't necessarily think that if you made all perks good that everyone would just take whatever they get. There's always be perks that rise to the top. What you're saying is probably true, Drewski. They just have to be careful. Removing useless perks or perks that are viewed as less valuable is dangerous because, as you said, you're responding to what I said, right? Is that if most of the perks are good, then you're kind of hurting the, the the differences between good and god roll become marginal, and then it's more it's like it's less likely that you're going to want to really chase them. Um, so. What I would say they need to do is if they take your line of thinking, and let's just say they agree with you, they would want to have a clear synergy between certain perks. So let's say you get, somebody earlier said that you could get, you know, firmly planted and something else. I forget what they said. And that those two would work really, really well together. Uh, Let's imagine there is one called, you know, hip fire grip, and there's one called spray and pray. And it's like hip fire grip and spray and pray actually feed off of each other. But if you get them by themselves, they're not nearly as good. You would need to introduce perks like that because you would be like, oh, I got two good perks, but they don't play well together. So it's a bad role. Do you see what I'm saying? The perks themselves are good, but combined they're not. So then you're like, my role is bad, even though the perks are good. So you could increase the, the the potency of the perks or the value of the perks, but there'd have to be very clear synergistic builds between certain perks so you could say the role is trash even though the perks are not. I hope that makes sense because I, I wouldn't want it to be... Again, You if you if all the perks are, are good, then it's like, well, then every gun's basically fine. <clears throat> Soldier on music. Are you expecting a much better race for Worlds First with the five-day lead-in to the raids and contest modifier? Just wondering if speed leveling is going to be worth it. Here's the thing that I find interesting. The minute they introduce contest modifier, none of the favored teams won. And that's not because they suddenly weren't good, but I think that suddenly the level, the, the playing field was more leveled out. I also think more teams are taking an interest, and you don't have to be a big giant streamer with a well-polished team to understand how to raid in Destiny. It's a five-year-old franchise, so the competition's a little bit more thick now, and Contest Modifier makes it so there there is no advantage the guys that found loopholes the guys that saved bounties the guys that prime farmed and said they didn't when they did um <laughs> you know i at least own the fact that i prime farmed but they you know as soon as they added contest modifier all of a sudden a a, a team that wasn't one of the favored teams to win takes first so i i would say that contest modifier and all of all of the skilled players in the game now is you know well maybe not a favored team maybe that's not the right expression lightly but i'm not saying that the people on the team weren't top tier players i'm saying world's first races now are like a streaming thing so you look at like the first couple of stream teams you know you're looking at you're looking at the big the, the big 3 and then after that people are kind of like who 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. I'm saying general, generally in the community, if you look at the viewership, that's the way it typically goes. And so, contest modifier comes in and actually kind of changes things up. And I think, I think contest modifier and the length of time the franchise has been out is making it really, really hard for you know a top three or four stream team to win. Um, I actually think in some respects there's more pressure put on them, and that that can that can make it hard. You know, you see people choke, you see people make mistakes. Um, so I like contest modifier. I think deep down, Bungie's always like really, really hoping that at least it's, it needs to be a, a team that's streaming. <laughs> um, they want it to be a, a team that's streaming, but I think it's kind of like when you go to the Olympics, right? You go to your the Olympics and you see all of the United States runners go out there, and you're like, "Yeah, the United States, USA, USA, yeah!" And then all of a sudden, a Kenyan steps onto the field, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, that guy's is that guy a robot? What the heck?" And he's really, really fast. Well, he's not really in your like your peripheral. You know what I'm saying? You're like, "Oh my gosh, that's kind of what could happen in Destiny." You're like, yeah, the big stream teams, go clan this, go clan that. And then all of a sudden this team out of left field comes and you're like, oh, these players are just as good, if not better, but they're not at the front end of the pack because their channels aren't really big. Do you see what I'm saying? And I think Contest Modifier allows for those moments to happen. I think that deep down Bungie's always probably, they're, they're probably going to be nervous that some random non-streaming team wins because we can see the reports. We know who World's First is. They can't, like, hide it from us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some French some French team wins or something, or some Australian team just blows everybody out of the water, and they're not streaming, and nobody has a clue. You know, well, we can see the reports. We know who World's First is. So I think for the marketing punch and, and, and push... I really, I think Bungie always wants it to be a, a big stream team. I think that you you see that in the way they talk to those guys on Twitter, you know? A handful of them get, you know, they get a little extra attention. And I think that that's because they know the value of a big team pulling first or at least second, you know? Root for the underdogs? Yeah, I, I do. I root for the underdogs. <laughs> I just, I love seeing the established order upset. I love, I love seeing the pennant winners lose and go home. I don't know. It's not malicious. It's just fun. It's like, you win all the time. Get the frick out of here. Let somebody else, you know what I mean? Uh, the Dry Life Gaming. Is there a guide or advice on a faster way to power level? No one knows. No one knows. We don't know until we kind of get there. We have theories, but nothing concrete. Me and your girl dab. What? Uh, do you think it was lazy that Bungie took out pinnacle weapons instead of actually turning them down until they actually need to be balanced? I kind of addressed this earlier. I don't want Bungie spending bandwidth and time on one gun, one perk. I don't want that. That's not a good use of bandwidth. You know, let's say they came out with a new gun. You know that that trace, the, I'm sorry, that scout rifle, The what that they're coming out with. What's good, Swoley? I see in the chat. Randy's knife or whatever the frick it's called. Randy's throwing knife. Let's imagine that they came up with the perk called Skull Piercer and they put it on that gun, you know? And it's like two successive crit hits, you know, makes the third crit hit a piercing round that can go through and hit somebody else or something just stupid. Some kind of insane crit multiplier and they call it Skull Piercer. Well, 
when they do that, they have to spend a ton of time. They spend a ton of time testing out that perk, making sure it works right. Not only does it have to function right and not cause errors or break the game or break the gun, they also have to make sure it's reasonably balanced, okay? And they do all that testing for one gun, one perk. If you're going to do that, if you're going to introduce unique perks that need to be tested that are cool then you should put them on weapons that are in the general pool that are exciting, chaseable, grindable, lootable. Not one pinnacle weapon in PvP. It just seems like a waste of bandwidth. You know what I mean? Do you think Shadowkeep is going to address the elephant in the room of whether or not the bird is indeed the word? That's. I think that's up in the air, Swoley. I really do. I think we're going to have to wait like a week or two and really analyze whether or not the bird is indeed the word. Because up to now, it hasn't been... It hasn't been the word up until now, but if it becomes the word, then it 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 very likely it very likely could be could be a big deal. I got through that with a straight face. <laughs> Adoptable Earth. Adoptable Earth. If I collect my clan reward tomorrow, will it reset or will it grant me the reward? It should reset. Well, wait. Oh, you didn't grab it? Oh, yeah, you should have grabbed all those. Oh, shoot, I don't know if I did Flashpoint on all my characters. Hopefully I didn't carry any of those over. That'll suck. Those will be those will be a lack of drops. Um, Vegan Ambassador. I haven't played Destiny since the launch of D2. I didn't touch any of the DLC. Should I bring over my character as I move to PC, or should I start over? That's up to you. Does your character matter to you? I miss, I miss the fact that I had characters from D1... Um, that I carried over into D2, and they're just kind of collecting dust on the on the consoles. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. There's just something cool about it, you know. But that's up to you. PKMT. Do you think it's a good thing to have much more guaranteed god weapons, exotics like Ariana's Vow and ritual weapons, which are most likely going to be god rolls, or should Bungie keep the farming and RNG for god weapons instead of guaranteed drops? I think it's both. I think it's both. Um, when, whenever you, whenever you look at like the structure of the game, and you find one aspect of it preferable, so you like, let's say you like chasing god rolls. That's not how everything should be. That's not how everything should be. Okay. Uh, let's say you love pinnacles. You love a directional linear grind for a great weapon. That's not how all weapon pursuits should be either. Attempting, attempting to make, you know, every single, attempting to make every single pursuit fit one brushstroke, I think is a mistake. So I think there's room for quest line items, exotics, exotics that drop randomly, exotics that are attached to a quest, uh, you know, ritual weapons, god roll weapons, random roll weapons. Like I, I think, I think having all those different things is, is, is actually like a really good thing. Uh, Dro Drolidian says artifact thing only have arc and void subclass perk. What about solar and arc battery working in PVP? poorly written I have no I, I don't even know what you're asking about Mick Ripper do you think weapons in year three will make people put down OP weapons of year two well, I certainly hope so I, I would really like it for them to introduce new uh, new perks to make us put down the old stuff yeah Sky Elliot says have you considered the possibility that the ritual weapons will end up like raid weapons being inferior to the lot of the rest of the world I don't know why I would consider this 
because the guns aren't in the game yet. And I would hope that Bungie is more is more intelligent than that. Hey, we're going to take away pinnacles, we're going to replace it with rituals and uh they're going to be, you know, they're going to be curated roles and uh they're not very good. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. Now, oh, but they did it in raids. I mean, w- there's just no reason to debate or discuss this. This is just like, why bother spending breath on this? We'll wait until the guns come out, you know? We don't know anything right now. I think it's unlikely they would do that, but if they do, then we'll obviously have to provide that feedback. X-Ray Freak. What ritual weapon are you looking forward the most to trying out and acquiring? Well, if the patch notes say machine guns are getting a little bit of a buff, because I feel like they hurt them too much, I wouldn't mind getting that machine gun. I don't care for SMGs, and the Scout... The Scout certainly looks cool, uh, but again, Scouts... We, we need to see proof that Scouts can get footing in PvE before I start chasing a Scout. Trip Hazard. Hey, Lono, just wondering if I will be able to reacquire Eververse armor from collections. If we had that piece drop already and deleted it, are we going to have to get new drops? No, 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 no. It's there to be pulled. It's also there to be applied as an ornament. Uh, Slim Shoddy. Lono, I heard Iron Banner uh, armor and Trials gear is not being included in Transmog. Can you confirm? Um, Okay, so here's the thing you can't go and transmog any appearance you want like I think people are getting confused about this if you're like man I love the way the leviathan armor looks let me make my armor look like that you can't do that the only they're called universal ornaments all eververse armor is a universal ornament and then that new shiny vex set in the season pass is a universal ornament Year one armor is not automatically getting converted to a year to a universal ornament. That's not how it works. Okay, you got to re-earn the levy armor or the escalation protocol armor. It'll drop as 2.0 and it'll look the you know it'll look like that. So iron banner and trials not being included in transmog is not like a why are they doing that? It's that's how the feature works. You have to be able to earn it again. So there's going to be new iron banner armor now. One might say, hey, Bungie, on the Iron Banner armor, it'd be pretty cool if once I earn it, it unlocks all previous sets as an ornament. I don't know if Bungie wants to do that. That could be something they do later for other Iron Banners. They could say, hey, this Iron Banner, we're going to let you earn, you know, the Iron Banner set from XYZ season. And it's, you know, it's going to be a universal ornament set or something. They might want to repurpose it. Uh, reskin, reskin. Yeah, well, Iron Banner is free for all players, so shut the frick up. Uh, second, I, I could see them saying, we're not going to do anything with Trials because Trials is coming back. Like, they're going to put Trials back in the game. You re-earn the armor. It's 2.0. And then if you want, once you earn all the ar- you know a full set of Trials armor, it could unlock all the previous sets as ornaments or something. Um, it could be something like that. What about all the old Iron Banner ornaments? Yeah, I'm not actually sure. They haven't said, McNugget, how it's going to work. Bob Pliskin. Do we know at what point we will get the artifact in the story? We don't. We see it as level 7 on the season pass on the free track. I assumed that meant that we were getting it from the story and they get it at level 7 because they don't have the story. But, so. LLB Rude. With everything coming to the game... 
do you think or want D2 to become a super popular game like WoW or something like that? Or do you want to be community-based and smaller player list than other games? I believe it should be in the middle sweet spot. I don't think it really matters where it lands. You know, I just want... I don't care if it becomes the biggest game in the world or kind of maintains a million players a day. I if If you choose to boot up Destiny and play... I want you to feel like you're having a great time. That's all that matters to me. So if they mushroom the community up and they're maintaining 2 million players a day instead of a million, that's great. And then I'm excited. You know, if it mushrooms to the size of some of the biggest MMOs in the world, awesome. Unlikely, unlikely, but awesome. I think they stand to be one of the biggest looter shooters MMO action RPG games ever. I do. I think they stand to be the biggest and the best, but I don't think that's going to happen in Destiny 2. I think Destiny 2 can be a testing ground for the scaffolding and the systems and the scalability of the next game. And because it's Bungie and because they're learning to do things and navigate player behavior, you know, player saturation levels, how long is a player willing to grind something? I would think that that could put them in a really, really good spot. There's not going to be another game. There's not going to be another game that can do what Destiny does. If you try to step onto the landscape to be a looter shooter live service game, you got a pretty big hill to climb. Okay? Division did great, but then seems like it struggled. Anthem fell flat on its face. It's trying to rebuild itself. It's going to take a while. It's not looking too good, okay? Destiny 3 could literally be the biggest game at the time. Like, it could it could be the largest MMO at the time because it could offer something that nobody's offering. It could offer the depth, the grind, and the, the scalability that they've learned from the end of Destiny 2. And it could also offer the fact that it's a looter shooter, you know? they If they, if they can get it right, all right, if they can get it right, are they planning on returning Trials of the Nine? Okay, so Luke Smith said they're going to put 3v3 Elim into Crucible Labs so that eventually they can bring 3v3 Elim back out into a warmer climate. As far as I understand it, that's kind of a hint at Trials coming back. But they've not specifically like stated that they're doing that. It seems that they've hinted at it. Um, also... Lars Bakken in the video the 10 minute video said we've got four versions of Elim that we're going to rotate through Crucible Labs so not only are they going to throw 3v3 Elim into Crucible Labs they're also they are have they have like four versions they're going to load into the hopper and kind of let it come out you know each week Foxman Hopefully this hasn't been asked before, uh, but what is going to happen with profile names and join when it moves to Steam? We'll be using the name and the numbers we used on Blizz, or will your account name change? Oh, your account name's gonna change. Steam will be the backbone to the friends list now. So, Foxman. What is gonna happen with profile names? You submitted the same question twice. Mr. Anderson, do you think Bungie should have stayed with current rank system or do they make a good move to the new rank system? Also, could we be surprised with factions being brought back? Okay, so comparing the old rank system to the new rank system, we have no idea um, how it's going to compare, so I can't comment on that. And uh, factions being brought back as a surprise or a permanent or whatever, I would love it, but 
Maybe unlikely, or maybe for a future thing. Yo, what's good, G Fuel? How are you? G Fuel in the chat. How are you? Yeah, I don't know if, um, I don't know if they would just suddenly surprise us with factions. I happen to think if they're going to bring back factions, they would use it as, as a selling point. I don't think they're going to take something that could be a selling point and just like surprise us. Woohoo! Yay! Factions! And you're like, oh wow, you know, surprise, mother. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I think it'd be more in line with like a, hey, in Season of Dawn, we look forward to bringing back factions to the tower and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and if you are a season pass holder, they're going to have seasonal pursuits for you. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. So, by the way, I've been saying this a lot today because there's a ridiculous amount of people here. If you're new to the stream and you've never been here before, I appreciate you checking out my channel. If you're enjoying your stay, it's interactive, almost like a podcast where we have a back and forth and question and answer. Typically, I'm playing at the same time. Uh, be sure to click follow. That is the heart button. And thank you for being here. We're very excited about Shadowkeep. Hopefully, you decide to come back another time. Uh, next question from Astrid. Why has D2 been able to survive? What makes it special? This is a super broad question. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that Destiny survived. I mean, they had a groundswell of support at the beginning because they were Bungie. They had a continued cult following because I think because it was Bungie and there was just something special about Destiny. Uh, it delivered it delivered something that there was nothing like it at the time. I could not boot up and play a game like Destiny when it came out. And truth be told, I can't do it now. I can't. You add on top of that the incredibly satisfying gunplay, movements, checking the boxes, you know, all those things. Really, really, really good mixture of what makes a game, like, addicting. And right now, if you go, you go and try and play another looter shooter. Go, try it. And you will just, there's, there's always something missing. You're like, there's something not here. You know, Borderlands 3 was great, but... It, at the same time kind of wasn't you know not optimized had all kind of problems the first playthrough pacing was awful uh, it, it, it killed my motivation to do another character tons of people in chat and my YouTube and Twitter have said they really don't feel like doing another another um, another another character um, so I just I, th- there's something special about destiny and you try and play division or borderlands or any other game that tries to give you like a loot grind and there's just I don't know there's just something about Destiny it hooks you and other games just don't deliver what it delivers Um, there's also something that like you land in Destiny and you go to the tower and you visit the vendors and there's just something there is something alive about it I guess is how I would say it and when a game lacks that it just it's difficult for you to care you know and Bungie somehow managed to make us care about characters and story in a loot based game um you tend to not care that much I mean how much did you care about the characters in the story in Division 1 and 2 how much do you care about the characters in the story in like Borderlands 1, 2, and 3 like you care but like you don't get you don't get invested the way that we are. Oh my gosh, Cade died. Oh my gosh, Eris is back. Holy frick, Aldrin got raised. Oh my gosh, the Queen's alive. Holy frick. How do they do that? In a loot in a loot-based game, in a grindy loot-based game, we we have like this strong attachment and affinity to the characters. That's not easy to do. <laughs> that is not easy to do. You see, even today, I see 
I see cutscenes or animated GIFs of Oryx, and I'm like, my gosh, what a great time. What a great, what a great antagonist. What a great villain. Just phenomenal looking. You know, he's big giant. He's like, his wings are flapping and he's like floating. Just that hover float past all those taken infantry. Just they're all bowed down to him and they're like, they're like twitching. And he slams that sword down and he freaking turns it. I don't know, man. I just, they, they, I've never, (laughs) I've never played a game that's loot based where I get super super invested in the characters I just have never felt that before <laughs> Iron City uh, gifted 5 subs, Ixnay Protocol, Bearded Luke Crazy, Nurple, Heart Sauce and the Dragon Lair, enjoy your gifted subs you got some awesome emotes, a badge, and you also get uh, ad free viewing whenever you're here, when you guys sub to the channel you will not see ads, it's a nice uh, feature that I try to offer to you uh, just because uh, especially guys who had Twitch Prime, you don't get ad-free viewing anymore on the platform, but I'll give it to you on my channel. Uh, equipment. Will all of my guns transfer from PS4 to Steam? Um, yes. All of them. Even your Wave Splitter. <laughs> we all get Wave Splitter now. Well, I mean, you can you can get it to drop, that is. The Great Wolf. What are your thoughts on them bringing old exotics but giving the quests like the truth? I don't have strong opinions on old exotics coming back. I, I don't mind them coming back, but I don't really argue for them to come back. Does that make sense? I'm not like, oh, please bring back this. Please bring back that. Um, so it's okay when they do. I always prefer new exotics. That's just kind of who I. That's just kind of how I'm wired. But I don't get mad when they bring back old. Two months from Knotted. Thank you so much for two months of subs. Welcome back. You know. It just doesn't bother me that bad. Again, if you're new and you're enjoying the content, it's like an interactive podcast. We do multiple shows a day with Q&A. Remember to click follow. That's a free way to support me. That's the little heart button. Vicado saw a theory about hitting max power. Starting with the main first hitting 900, then going to second and third, build prime charges rather than the other way we always do from third to main. Any thoughts on that? I I just, I don't know, man. I, I think... It's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think we're going to get to 900 so freaking fast. And I honestly think getting close enough for day one raid is, isn't going to be, it just isn't going to be that difficult. I really don't think so. I, I think between the artifact, the intentional leveling, the grinding, um, and the better, the better, the significantly better leveling systems, I, I, I don't think we're going to be struggling. I really don't think so. Spicy Cuban Poppy. Do you think we will be able to play once maintenance is completed? How do you feel this launch will go? Bungie doesn't have a, a uh, doesn't have a track record. Nothing but love for Bungie. If you're trying to say they don't have a good track record, I submit to you Forsaken was totally fine. Zero issues to get in every season after that. Um, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Robbie Gifton 5 of the community thank you so much for doing that D-Tom, Lake Show, Music Lee, Night Terror and Relictus you guys all have uh, gifted subs enjoy the badge, the emotes and ad free viewing on my channel welcome to the Rageless thank you for those gifted subs Robbie if here's the thing I think they have a pretty good track record actually more recently than in than in like you're remembering Rise of Iron and then like that's like all you're remembering uh, second, if they, um, if they decide that, like, oh, hey, we're not 
we're done with maintenance. I don't think they're going to let us jump in. The, the, the reason um, the reason that you're not going to do that is because they're changing everything. There's new bounties. There's new. There's new armor. You know what I'm saying? And and that's all right now getting updated in the background. Now there could be an update tomorrow that really pushes all that stuff live. But I would think they're not gonna let us jump in before tomorrow at reset. I really just highly doubt it. Hey guys, we got done early. Feel free to jump in. You know, I I don't think so. Um, even if they finish maintenance early, Shadow Keep's not dropping until tomorrow. Well, I don't think the game's going to come back on before tomorrow. Because I think they're doing things in the background that they don't want us to see until tomorrow. I really don't. And I was hoping we would get patch notes today and we could read over them. You know, we can dream. Yeah, dream being the operative word. (laughs) Toxics. Do you think Bungie is going to change the bright white title screen? It's blinding. I, I don't know. I hope so. It'd be nice. Uh... Clean, cleaning in Florida. Do you think Bungie might try to find another publisher to partner if Shadowkeep doesn't meet expectations? I think they've already got investors. I think Epic and Microsoft are already investing, not as publishers, but as uh, as as investors. I think that they see the potential of the game. I could even see revenue share from Epic, and Epic is lending them either staff or helping them port the game to Unreal or I don't know there could be another there could be another pla- you know maybe there's another engine they really want to use or something like that I don't know um, so if you hit A to play it'll go to a white screen feels bad man well right but there could be an update tomorrow to get rid of the white screen you know are we really going to worry about that don't you spend 99.9% of your time in the game and not on the loading screen so you know Put your sunglasses on when you open the game and it's a dark room, alright? Quit your crying. Evil <laughs> evil muffins. Why don't they just make pinnacle weapons exotic? Wouldn't that solve the problem of them being too strong? Uh, I think the idea was to give you legendary weapon pursuits each season, not exotic. So, I, I like... And this doesn't fix the... This doesn't fix the problem necessarily. Because... You... The exotics are not necessarily meant to be on the level of like the loaded question the oxygen the hush um even the breakneck you know what i mean i don't they're close they're close if used properly and in the right situations but i they were running out of room is the main issue that was happening so mountaintop and recluse are like the easiest and most accessible holy frick you guys went too far with these weapons and I think that was primarily because, again, they were running out of room. Multiple things were compounding on each other, okay? So, what are, what are they messing with right now? Crit multipliers in PvE against miners, the red bars. Uh, so, they're, they're lowering that. And then there's base damage against the red bars. Then they're lowering damage perks. Damage perks were likely playing a role as well, you know, in us being too efficient in PvE. So, they're lowering all of that. Well, when they go to add some pinnacle weapons, they're competing with that weapon pool, that pre-existing weapon pool 
and so they're likely to end up in really shallow lanes of like well just make the gun really powerful and then that's when the mountaintop and the recluse landed in the game and then after like I don't know a very short period of time people start to realize what the fr- these weapons are ridiculously strong so I don't think the answer is to say well pinnacle weapons kind of evolved into exotics just make them all exotics I think what they've gone the direction they've gone is the better choice Given Armor 2.0 will make Year 1 armor relevant, do you think the way we obtain Destination Armor will change? The way it works now, you just give vendors mats for random engrams or the direct purchase option for the armor. Do you think there is an appropriate way of earning old armor? Yeah, I would love for them to bring like a bounty system to these to these NPCs. Um, like, these new repeat bounties, okay? These new repeat bounties seem to be in the spirit of something I asked for for a long time, which is like the Ada frames, where you can continue to do the thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again and grind for a god roll. That's what we did with Ada. That's what you do with the, sh- the chalice. And repeatable bounties could be a fantastic way to do that. And you throw it into Devrim K. And so Devrim K would have six bounties a week. And five of them are armor and one's a gun. And you can do them as often as you want. And you just grab the bounties and you just grind stuff on the EDZ. And then it's spitting out. It's uh, it's just spitting out different rolls of the armor. Because here's the thing. I, I think they've already hinted at this. Or they if they either hinted at it or they said it specifically. They said, like, armor coming from an NPC isn't going to be great great stats. Um, it's not going to be like amazing stats you'll get better stats stats. I'm sorry from the armor that like drops in the actual events themselves so I would hope that I can't I can't like go to an NPC and just pump it full of tokens and get god roll with respect to stats I would hope it'd be something that we like pursue would I take a job at Bungie if they offered probably not I wouldn't want to move out there I love where I live now I love the city I love streaming I have no problem. You want to contract me as a consultant and have me on calls and bring me out once a month? I would freaking eat that up. Um, but unfortunately, my my consulting fee is really cheap right now. Uh, it's free and it's it's a lot. It's a daily video on YouTube <laughs> with a Q and A session that you can listen to as a podcast. It's, it's free. That's that's really cheap. Um, K Tard Forehead. I don't like your name. Uh, do you think Destiny will be crossplay sometime in the future? Uh, Mark Noseworthy said that they want to, but it's not anywhere in the near future. It's not happening anytime soon. Sean Balls, will Zer be selling 2.0 exotics? Uh, all armor that drops from here on out is 2.0. You can't get 1.0 anymore. It's not possible. Even if you pull the exotic from the collection, uh, even if you pull the exotic from the collection, it's going to, uh, it's going to drop as 2.0. Somebody is telling me that Deej tweeted something. Um, let's see. Desi2 has a Discord. He says, I'm very excited about this. Huge thanks to these people and our own for making it happen. If the invite didn't work for you the first time, hit it again. And then he says, hey, Hardgrove. Desi2 Shadowkeep has a NASA Easter egg buried on the moon. Um... It's like a, it's like an article, which I don't. I'm not going to read right now. Cold brewed Jew. <laughs> okay. Will there be new meta with weapons, 
or will there be enough of a balance in the sandbox? I have no idea. I think the PvP meta is going to be a lot of range fights. That's my prediction. Kuroda, did Bungie announce that a new pinnacle weapon for reaching 5,500 in competitive? And if not, do you think that there will be another in the nightfall? You are living under a rock. Uh, we've been spending the whole day talking about how there are not pinnacles anymore. There is a ritual weapon, a scout that you get for grinding crucible, and we don't know what it's going to take to get. But you, uh, you, you, you have been. You've been on a train to somewhere else because we've been talking about this all day. There aren't pinnacles anymore. Two months from sh- uh, for Shaka Kwan. Thanks for two months. I'm not a freeloader. You're the best. CDV. That's a joke, by the way. Somebody resubbing and making a freeloader joke. We we love non-subs and lurkers. We were doing a joke the other day for gifted subs. It's a total, it's not serious. If you're a non-sub and a lurker, we love you. Non-subs and lurkers are the lifeblood of Twitch. So we appreciate you very much. CDV. Uh, CD Vagabundo with all weapons that drop now have a minimum of 750 yes yeah nothing can drop under 750 it's not it's not possible K Riz do we know if I'll be able to purchase the annual pass standalone later there is no annual pass later there is Shadowkeep Shadowkeep Deluxe and then after this you can just buy if you buy you know a, a season the winter season you buy for 10 and that's it you're done um so you either buy Shadowkeep Deluxe or you're signing up for a la carte. So it's 35 and then 10 to 10, which is 65. Or you can spend 60 and get them all. And so you get a $5 discount from just buying it all wrapped up. Hey, longtime lurker. Love yourself. Glad you're in a better place. I listen to your podcast daily. Oh, thank you, Silverback. I appreciate it. I just, I, I say this a lot. I've been saying it a lot. I appreciate everybody tuning in. A lot of you have come back around. Uh, I'm very open about the fact that I've been therapy. I've been in therapy for 18 months, and it, it just a lot of things have changed for me personally. A lot of growth, uh, and it's it's poured over into the content. And people that were like, I can't, I can't stand this channel, have come back around and have, have noticed a change in the vibe and a change in me, and I appreciate it. Um, there was even people that were kind of like trying to paint me as a whiner. You know, there were other there were other content creators that were kind of like give me a bad rap. Uh, and a lot of people have been coming in and be like, you know what? No, I like it here. So I appreciate those of you that have done that. Um, next question from Bleep Blam Bleep. With the new pinnacle designation and our artifact resetting every season, will the existing pinnacles be reduced in power level once the season rolls over, or will pinnacles be a perpetual thing so you don't have to chase pinnacles to get back to the 960? Well, I actually don't know how this is going to work. Like, as far as leveling, as far as leveling, uh, thank you, Jeritol. I'm under the impression, and I speculated this, and they haven't confirmed this, I speculated that the artifact will reset every season, and then, then that's all we're going to do to level. Uh, Human Armadillo with 31 months, thank you. Two months from Amendez, thank you. Um, I think that... Um, I don't like it here. I love it here. Thank you. No uh, no Toes with the brand new Prime sub, thank you. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing of my channel. If you sub here, you do not see ads. It makes it easier to pop in and out of the stream. Um... I think we're just going to level the artifact every season. Winter, spring, and summer, I don't think we're going to level up anymore. That's a guess. That's a theory. I, I I don't know. I may be completely off my rocker here, but I think we're going to hit 950, 960 with pinnacles, and then you're kind of done. You're kind of like done leveling. Um, if I'm wrong, I don't really care, but I feel like that's the seasonal level. 
the seasonal level is the artifact, the season pass, the new activity, and then the new rituals. That's it. Why do you always need to increase your power level? Here's another reason why that they'll do this, okay? They don't have to shift any of the power level. Uh, thank you, Fuzz, for converting your sub. They don't have to shift any of the power levels of the activities, right? If Nightmare Hunts and Nightfalls and everything, anything they add a difficulty spectrum, if I'm on question 105, if, if, if they do that, those power levels can stay static. If not, you got to shift everything forward. You get like if if suddenly let's say the new the new power structure of the winter season is that we can hit a thousand, they gotta shift all those difficulty spectrums up. They don't have to do that if they leave us at a max of nine sixty without the artifact, and then they add something new, and then all those power structures stay in place. The qu- well, what am I gonna grind for? That remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. I don't think spring, summer, I'm um, um, sorry, winter, spring, and summer adding power level every time. I don't think that's scalable long term. I think you set, you, you set like a, a deep, like a, a max level. And then we just kind of like always artifact, reset, artifact, reset, artifact, reset. Like, I think that's what we're going to do. If you guys are having audio issues, almost 3000 people are here it's not me if it was genuinely me more people would complain refreshing usually fixes it if you're running chrome turning off hardware acceleration typically fixes it as well it's a weird thing my audio is lined up my exports and my youtube videos all line up it's something weird that happens with audio desync in the live in the live broadcast refreshing fixes it turning off uh, hardware acceleration in chrome fixes it Mr. Self-Defeat gives it a sub to the OG Panda. Thank you for doing that. OG Panda, enjoy the badge, the emotes, and the ad-free viewing. We're going to have to start going a little bit faster through the questions because this question and answer session is going to go for a, too, a little too long. But I feel fine. I just don't want the actual episode to be too long. Um, Dr. Defaulty. Do you think that no one will use Recluse since Master of Arms nerf? Depends. Probably still a really good weapon. Um... You really can't keep power leveling if you can buy a season a la carte, right? Otherwise, people would have to buy, uh, have to bought what came before to do the activity, right? That's another thing we got to remember. What Evil Reborn is saying is you can buy the seasons a la carte, activities retire and come back. I really do think the artifact is the only leveling aspect and the season pass in the winter, spring, and summer seasons. I, I genuinely think that. Whiskey Dog. Do you want them to keep bringing back certain exotic weapons? I already answered this. I don't have a strong opinion about exotics returning. Is GPU. I made a new character today with that character skip everything until Shadowkeep tomorrow. Well, you can't play. Tomorrow you're going to boot up the game and he's going to be a 750. I don't know what you mean other than that. Uh, Dark skills. With DLCs becoming standalone purchases, do you think characters and assets from other DLCs like Osiris and Abray will cross over into new story content? In previous DLCs like Taken King, where you had to do... You had to have Dark Below and House of Wolves. They reused assets and locations from both. I I don't know. Um... Exactly. Evil me and Lone are in agreement about this for a while. It just doesn't make sense to continually level. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's a seasonal level that gets reset. That makes way more sense. The book has a level. Your artifact has a level. Boom! You start over when the season starts. Um, 
Yeah, now as far as standalone purchases, no, they're not going to say, hey, welcome to the summer season. Oh, you didn't buy the winter or the spring. Sorry. No, they're literally going to be standalone. They're literally going to be, they will not require previous things to be owned. Now, will they bring in, let's say, Osiris or Anna Bray or something like that? Well, year one's free, so problem solved. If they decide to do something with Mars or Mercury, no problem. Osiris and Warmind are included in New Light. And then Forsaken's 25 bucks, and they're giving you all the locations anyway. So it's not like if they decide to use a, a, a character or a loot pool in the spring, they're going to have an issue. That's not, that's not going to be a problem. Uh, Grizzly, has there been any indication of how New Light players will be able to try the Leviathan raid? Will they complete the story first, or no, or since everyone will be immediately 50, level 750? Um, well, shoot. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think this is gonna be a problem. I think they'll probably just let people into Leviathan. Right? I mean, I, I don't see why they would say, now, no, 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 you have to go run the vanilla campaign. Uh, you want to go run Valiath- the Leviathan? I, the theme is removing hurdles. Like, New Light is designed to remove hurdles. So, I would think, um, you know, I would think that you wouldn't have any issue. A PSA from Bungie's tweet. After Destiny 2 maintenance concludes tomorrow, players who have not yet done can initiate PC migration manually on their Bungie profile. This enables players to migrate Blizzard, Guardian, Silver, and licenses over to the PC platform. 14 months from Justin Diaz. We're almost there, boys. Welcome back, dude. Thank you. Can't wait for the new content. I appreciate it. Uh, Cruising 11 gifting five subs to the community. Uh, Karmic Justice, Kim at Peace, Nova Bass, GP Hash, and Blues. Thank you so much. Uh, Nephilim, do you think the director screen will be updated? I know it's not major, but I like the refresh. Um, I think we saw some of the director stuff, and I, it didn't look any different, but, you know, maybe. Breezy, what's your take on new PvP comp with it being 3v3 now? It sounds good. I think, I think the solo queue playlist in comp is going to murder the other playlist. Uh, <laughs> um... I don't like to be a Debbie Downer. I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, but I think the solo queue 3v3 uh, survival playlist is going to murder the other playlist. If you want to stack and roll in 3v3 survival, I think your wait times are going to be dumb, and I think you're going to have a terrible experience. And I really hope I'm wrong. (laughs) I hope I'm wrong. I hope matchmaking is fast. And I hope you can have good connection. And I hope it goes well. But I think when you take every single solo queue player and you basically give them an incentive to not load themselves into that hopper, uh, matchmaking will take a really, really long time. You're likely to get matched to 3v3, uh, like three stacks in other regions. And I think it's going to be absolutely terrible. And I believe by the time we get to winter, they will retire that playlist. That is my prediction. They tried this before, and it didn't work. So I don't really know why we're trying it again, but I guess buckle the frick up. Uh, Enjoy it while it lasts if you're a solo player. (laughs) Big Huge with five months. Welcome back. Swiftly become one of my favorite Destiny content creators. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Uh, Ray V. I've, uh, I've been out since Armory. Hype for D2 again. Is there any must-dos with Year 2 content before I start Shadowkeep content? 
I don't think so. No, I mean, I don't know if 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 I think the coolest content wouldn't feel very cool now. I think it would feel like a, I don't know. It would maybe it would be that you, I mean you would probably feel like you're jumping through hoops. The cutscenes with the Queen, the cutscenes with Aldrin, the cutscenes with the Drifter, I think are all uh, pretty cool. But I don't know if you're going to want to jump through. You Jumping through those hoops each week, um, you could, I mean, you could for all intents and purposes say, hey, um, I'm going to do this once a week. You grab like the, um, the Zer thing and just do it. Or you do the queen thing once a week and just so you can see the scenes. I don't think there's going to be anything you really need to like front load and do right now. Like, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the case. So Mr. Self defeat gives them a sub to wishful. Thank you. Cold brew Jew says what perks will be viable in the new update. I love kill clip and PVP and rampage and PVE seems that will be less relevant. Oh, kill clips not getting affected in PVP at all. So keep on keeping on. I, I think damage phases, you're going to see field prep become meta because field prep is very fast and really nice and you're crouching. That's all you have to do. So proccing field prep is silly easy. <laughs> it's really, really easy. Zach says, with the change to damage stacking, will weapons with like the curated Kindle Orchid and other weapons that can roll Kill Clip Rampage still stack after reload? Yeah, they've not they've not said anything about this. I would think yes. I would think yes. The window is so small, like stacking kill clip rampage on an orchid. You know, I just don't think that's going to be a big. Oh my gosh, you got to run a kindled orchid. Um, Yeah, I don't think so. Goofy Goober. Do you think I'm a goofy goober? My kids love that song. They found it by accident on our Amazon Echo. And oh my gosh, they play it all the time. Do you think the armor 2.0 and mod revamp will help our top tier weapon pool be more diverse? Yes, I do. Uh, that's one of my defenses of it. EA Science. Hey, uh, what advice would you give to new Destiny 2 players? I'm new at this game starting tomorrow. Thanks. Uh, if you have friends, play with them and just try things out and read. Uh, read. Read what a perk does. Read what your skill tree does. You know, try different weapons. One of the best things you can do in Destiny is play with a weapon for an hour and then try another one. You you have no idea how good a weapon feels until you try it. And here's something that's going to sound weird. If you have friends that play Destiny, don't listen to them that much. Oh, don't use that. That's trash. Oh, that gun sucks. Don't listen to them. Use everything. Try everything. Don't let a jaded player give you give you premature jaded vision. Don't let them do it because there there really are some guns in this game that they might think are bad that you might really enjoy. I use a 110 Warden's Law hand cannon and I love it. And I guarantee you some of your friends that play Destiny would be like, that gun sucks, don't use it. Uh, there are pulses, there are auto rifles, there are all types of guns that you might think feel amazing and your friend thinks is trash. So be very careful. If you have friends that play Destiny, just be careful. 
don't let them give you that like oh my gosh this gun sucks and then you interpret the weapons through their vision they're also making lots of changes so a lot of what people are going to tell you is good and bad may not be as applicable anymore so I would just read what everything does and just man experiment like crazy try different jumps try different grenades in your skill tree try different supers because all of a sudden you're going to be like I absolutely love this game and it's because you just maybe you find some crazy combination that you think is just super fun and your friend might look at your loadout and be like what the frick are you running Barry why are you running that I like it you know so Mr. Low is it Mr. No it's just Lono just talking over from YouTube love your content you're an amazing content provider not just in the sense of destiny congratulations on the work you put in it's been very appreciated oh thank you I appreciate that Mr. Low, is it no? Mr. No? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, it's high noon. I purchased a $35 Shadow Keep and I can only get Season of the Undying. So that means I have to pay $10 for the rest of the seasons? Yes. Yeah. It's a la carte. You're out five bucks. You could have bought it combined for 60 It's like five extra dollars to do it separate. Barry, please! <laughs> Barry! Uh, Chando. Any thoughts around the nerfs to weapons to allow space for new power that we're getting with finishers? Yeah, this stays out of the discussion a lot, but that is something that we need to consider. A lot of the, a lot of what they're doing is maybe potentially in more challenging content. They want to keep you from being able to one-shot everything. Uh, Because if you can one-shot everything, suddenly your finishers don't have any, uh, any way, any way to proc. You need weak enemies for finishers. Um, so. Morris. So, turning in all these tokens we saved up right away is going to help us. We should just go to the tower and turn everything in. I am going to do that, I think. But we don't know if that's the best plan. To me, just theorizing here, we don't know anything yet. Hitting as high level as possible before going into the campaign to me seems like a value um because you could and this is my reasoning okay sometimes in the story there's loot drops and xp drops that function and scale differently if you're higher level so to me that just i don't know i i feel like there's something there i feel like that, that that's something there you know, um, remember that time Lona was ranting about having kids while running blind well, and some viewers were not letting him die. What? I don't remember that. Frank UK, will you be going for a day one on PC or console? PC. Uh, do you think console should have a separate worlds first? No. I don't feel like discussing that. I don't feel like there should be a separate worlds first. I feel like the differences between the teams and and what what actually guys I can't press a it's just a picture uh th- the differences between PC and console are not are not noticeable enough um to have two worlds firsts I don't think <laughs> I don't I don't think so so uh trip hazard if people grinded for the solstice gear do you think we'll get we'll be better off waiting until our power levels are higher before opening up the gunsmith or will it be 750? Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. I. It's not a... 
Uh, it's not a thing. Please do not spam press A. Um, we would like chat to be like a place where people can have a conversation and a people can have a back and forth and enjoy the, enjoy the discussion. And, and if you're going to hijack, hijack chat to tell people to spam A, uh, we'll just have to start timing folks out. Uh, so please don't do that. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of back and forth going on here. So try not to hijack chat. We try not to micromanage chat, especially when there's almost 3,000 people here. But uh, seriously, change the background pick. Um, wait, hang on. I thought I had something here for that. Oh, that's right. I do whatever I want. It's my stream. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, Primo Generator with a brand new Prime sub and ZM Baller with a brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badges and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. Thank you. Uh, Jockstrap says, with auto reload, uh, with auto reloading becoming gone, do you think Bungie should be inclined to unnerf certain weapons and perks since their potential damage was only so exponential because of auto reload, i.e. rocket launchers with clusters? Yeah, I really, really want to see patch notes with rockets getting some love. Rockets are in a rough spot. I really, really do. Uh, two in the chamber, bigger damage. Uh, Rebel Scum Gaming with a brand new sub. Thank you. All you guys that are brand new subs, enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. Um, swords, I, I do whatever I want on my stream. I just sub for that. Thank you. <laughs> swords should be in the energy slot. I don't think swords belong in the power slot. Rocket launchers need to be able to out-damage a, a grenade launcher because if you land every rocket, there should be a payout for that. I, you know, Five or six rockets, if I land every single one, uh, I think I should be able to... Um, I think I should be able to get a, get a payout from that. I, I don't I don't think a grenade launcher should out damage a rocket launcher for the same reason that like a machine gun's not out damaging stuff. I don't know. I, I, rockets need help. Two in the chamber, uh, increase the base damage because then you could run like a cluster bomb, field prep, impact casing. Uh, Shavakno with a brand new prime sub. Thank you. Enjoy your dope badge and emote your dope and deserve dope stuff. Uh, enjoy. No ads on the channel. You won't see ads as a sub. Thank you. Oh, Bungie released the full soundtrack? Cool. So, uh, I really, really think machine guns got hurt too bad. Rockets are too weak. Swords belong in the energy slot. And um, linear fusions. What the frick's going on with them? I feel like a linear fusion is just a glorified sniper. So, it could probably afford to go into the energy slot too. So, either give rockets way more reserves or a lot higher damage. It's got to be something. They're in a terrible spot. So, a peasant ghost. They're in a better spot, but they're still not in a good spot, I should say, on rockets. They did help them a little bit. They're not awful, but they're certainly not competing. A peasant ghost. Do you feel like the pinnacle should have gone back to the mindset of perk evolution instead of going away? Onslaught, evolve rampage, desperado, and outlaw. Uh, whereas with MOA or micro missile, they don't evolve any perk. I think we have to take what they said at face value. Um, <clears throat> uh, swords in the energy. Oh, swords in the energy slot would be great for PVE. You just have to manage the ammo and PVP. Swords in energy would be perfect. They're gut busters. They're more like they're, they'd be a great shotgun replacer. They would function similarly to like a fusion or a shotgun. Um, they don't make sense as in a power weapon. They just don't anymore. Um, Peasant Ghost, I think I, I, I like where your head's at. I do. I do. But 
what they said in the TWAB, I think I'm going to take at face value. I think it became harder and harder for them to do what you're describing as time went on. That's all. I think it just got harder and harder to keep Pinnacles kind of fenced into what you just described. So, you know, sword-specific finishers? I don't know about that. Evil the Waffler. Not sure if you remember, but just curious, uh, how did Vault of Glass or Crota Raid launch? Oh, frick, dude, I don't know, man. You're really stretching my memory here. What the, uh... Vault of Glass was two weeks later, wasn't it? Or a week later? And it took like 16 hours for first completion. Um, Crota was a week or a week and a half. Kingsfall was the, the weekend after. I think Vogue and Crota were a week and a half, and then Kingsfall was like the Tuesday launch, the Friday raid, I think. was Because Kingsfall, nobody had good loot. Everyone was in there like with, with just horrible loot. Kingsfall will always be the best worlds first. I yeah, that that just there was something about that raid. It was the it, uh, the raids ever since have just always been kind of sullied by something. Now with contest modifier, I think worlds first are going to be a lot better from here on out. They're a little bit more penned in and fenced in. Um, so Nebula, Solono, do you think we uh, there should be older pinnacle perks into the general loot pool? Um. I don't know how I feel about this. I really, really want Desperado in the Pulse Pool. I do. Um, man, I don't know. If they really tone them down to make... If, if their goal is to tone them down to make them kind of like non, you know, kind of exotic, then yeah, maybe. Um, S-L-I-X-I-L. Uh, with a brand new Prime sub. Enjoy your dough badge and emote your dough but deserve dope stuff. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. Welcome. Ruku, with your suggested elemental change to primaries and their perks, how would you balance elemental legendary primary perks so that they don't make elemental exotic primaries useless? Um, how would I do it? I would do it by doing it. I mean, just apply the principle that they just applied and damage perks on legendaries are getting kind of fenced in. Do the exact same thing to elemental perks and fence them in. You, you, you only let them ascend to so much height of power and you know it just becomes a shield popper it just becomes a way for you to have a rounded out kit it's not necessarily a source of insane power you know with maybe some dragonfly in there or something you know elemental perks don't have to be insane if they're toning down damage perks then you would just have elemental perks like this is why I think going back to secondary to primary secondary and heavy is a smart thing to do why because what you do is you create a ceiling for every lane okay this is the highest ceiling of efficiency we're going to give primary weapons how do you get there well you keep the perks at this ceiling okay we're going to introduce new elemental perks no problem here's the ceiling of perks that we're going for it'll keep the legendary weapons here and then that works within the power hierarchy and exotics are still potentially better stronger etc and then you're like, man, how do we make fusion rifles better? How do we make other secondary weapons better? Well, here's the level of efficiency of shotguns in PvE. Bring everything up to match that. Here are the perks that get you there, and here's the ceiling we put on perks. You just create ceilings of efficiency, and you don't go beyond them. Like, 
They break their own rules. They're like, well, here's how strong a primary can be, but oops. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, the recluse is in the game. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, here's how strong a, you know, a secondary weapon can be. Oh my gosh. Oh, I lost shotgun. <laughs> Whoops a daisy. That gun's stronger than exotic heavy weapons. How the frick did that happen? Like you have to keep things you <laughs> you have to keep things in their lane. Like that that's kind of how it's supposed to function. Like that they a lot of what happened with power creep and power running away was a lot of it was reaction. You know, tractor cannon, lunafaction rifts, and, and Ikelos shotgun were born at a time there was just such a power vacuum. There was nothing in the game that felt strong. So they were just like, man, just turn all the volume knobs up to 11. Woo, yeah, it's loud. And then you get to the other end and you're like, okay, this stuff's way too strong. Ikelos shotgun is single-handedly wrecking every raid boss before it because... It's, it's outputting damage numbers that are absurd. <laughs> uh, they're absurd. It's an exotic heavy and it's and it's hiding in disguise in the secondary in the secondary slot. So if you can't if you can't create those ceilings of efficiency, then everything starts to run amok. And so that would be my hope is if they're like, hey, let's bring back elemental perks, you know, chain lightning or a suppression field or something. Damage over time for solar. You you would keep it within a, a damage efficiency you know ceiling, you know. Uh, Dragon Tat. We had the era of exotics and the era of regen supers. What do you predict the next era of Destiny will be in Shadowkeep? I think Crucible is going to be scouts, pulses, and snipers. A lot of lane and hand holding. A lot of lane camping and hand holding. That's what I think is going to happen. And then in PVE, I think it's going to be the era of field prep. I think people are just going to pivot, unfortunately, to the aggressive grenade launchers with spike and field prep is where I think you're going to see a lot of people go. Now, we don't have patch notes yet, so the other, other heavy weapons could get their day in the sun, and hopefully that's the case. Halloween says... Uh, this may have been answered already, but can we grind the season pass on all characters for three times looters at one? It's a one-time pass. It's account-based. So basically, when you unlock the armor, I think you're going to like load up each character, go to the season pass, and then you're going to just claim... Uh, you're just going to claim the rewards. Look out below. What is the loadout in class you're starting with? Uh, rip, yeah, rip Genji build. I'm probably going to start with the Warlock and then save the Titan for the raid. Um... Advance Hue, if I bought Shadowkeep on console but I have cross-save enabled, will I be able to play Shadowkeep on PC or I have to rebuy it? Seasons cross the platforms, but the DLC does not, so you'll have to rebuy Shadowkeep. Season of the Undying crosses over, but Shadowkeep doesn't. Soul Gums, do you reckon... Uh, sounds like a good southern boy. Do you reckon uh, they'd be able to balance Yoten with the Catalyst, or does Bungie have to remove the weapon to nerf the weapon itself? I gave you an accent. Um, do you reckon that they would be able to balance Jotun with the catalyst? Or does Bungie have to remove the weapon to balance stuff? I don't think they have to remove it. Um, I don't think they have to remove it. I think they have, I think, <laughs> chat, I think they, I mean, I, I don't know how bad, rec, I don't know how bad the Jotun is. I think the Jotun gets a little overstated. I think it's annoying, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like a broken weapon that needs removed from the game. 
Oh wait, hang on. The, you're talking about the, the it it breaking the gunfights. I'm sorry, the glitch. I like I completely forgot that they're graying this out for the raid. I'm like blanking. I'm like, are you talking about PvP? What the frick? Um, I have no idea what they're gonna have to do. I have I have no idea. So, uh, this reeks. What will finishers add to the game? I've already talked about this, just variety in gameplay and potentially benefits that come from it. Professional Camper, do you think the Shadowkeep will change Destiny completely or will it stay the same as other DLCs? They're adding new investment paths with Armor 2.0. They're adding the Season Pass. They're adding seasonal stuff that goes away. They're adding the Artifact. So I think they're adding things that are going to change the way the game is felt. They're leaning into MMO action as a game. Uh, have they listed all pinnacle activities, says Buddy. No, they have not. Team Big Boss, what do you think about the upcoming seasons after Shadowkeep? The fact that cross-save fully works in those seasons makes me feel like it won't have the content like raids, dungeons like Shadowkeep. No, if we get another raid beyond Garden of Salvation, it is not landing in the winter, and it certainly won't be landing in the summer. I think it would land in the spring, and it would be small. And that's if we even get one. I have I have done a little bit more theorizing centered around the idea of when you look at the season pass there is the paid track and then there's the free track and I kind of think that what they would do with the world of Destiny is create a similar feeling there's the paid track which would be the new activity and the new loot pool and then there'd be the free track which would be a reskinned activity and a reskinned loot pool Nobody can complain about reskin if it's free. Like if you're going to be like, I can't believe this is reskin content, my response is always going to be the same. It's free. Shut the frick up. Now, the new content needs to be new content. And what that would do is, is that would make the game feel alive. You're playing, even if you're not paying, and you're doing stuff, and you're chasing stuff, and you're seeing your season pass level up, and you're like, it's $10. Why not? I mean, I might as well pay $10, get the other half of the season pass, get the new activity, get the new loot pool. Why the frick not? Why wouldn't I do that, right? That would bolster each season. That would bolster each season. Each season would be sort of like a, you know, something free, something something paid, and there's always something happened. There's always a new activity. There's always a loot pool for you to chase. And if they don't do that, then I I am a little worried. My only concern at this point is seasons feeling a little too empty. Deeds with 25 months, welcome back. Thanks for keeping your prime sub here. You know, they're not really. Did they say they're not releasing new raids? They didn't, but I I don't know, man. I kind of feel like I kind of feel like if you were releasing raids in the seasons, you already said so. I don't know. I feel like you'd already you would already say something, you know. Steel, steel excite. Uh, I'm sure this has been questioned, but has anything or will anything be done about one-eyed mask? We gotta wait for the patch notes, my friend. I don't know. They haven't said. I ant. Do you think that the reason is why Bungie didn't include a lot of the numbers or percentages in games perk stats? Oh, what do I think? I up to this point, I think that they were. If I had to theorize, I think internally there was conflict about the identity of the game. I think there was conflict. So I think that there was there was two camps. And ironically enough, I feel like you see those two camps having conflict on Reddit and the forums all the time. It is the casuals and it is the hardcore players. I can only play an hour a night. 
I play nine hours a day. Get good, scrub. And they uh, they debate. And they go head-to-head on the forums, and they disagree about stuff. Okay? I think internally, you had people on team, let's keep it simple. You had team kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And team kiss, unfortunately, won the battle for D2's soul. And D2's soul, uh, you know was on life support in the first year because keep it simple stupid basically ruined destiny static rolls what double primary what uh easily accessible everything what getting raid loot without running the raid what uh you know all that so you had team kiss and then you had team you know team mmo Team MMO is like, listen, people are playing this game like it's an MMO. It's an action MMO game. There should be investment paths. There should be breadth. There should be depth. There should be stats. There should be loot investment, loot grind, hardcore, hardcore. And Team Kiss and Team MMO fought for the soul of destiny. And thankfully, Team MMO, led by, you know, all-star captain Luke Smith, won the battle for destiny's soul. And I think the key to making sure that Team Kiss doesn't just go away for forever, I think their input's valuable. <clears throat> um, I think Spectrum is how they do this. Spectrum is how you, you keep things afloat, okay? So, the Menagerie would be an example of Team MMO and Team Kiss running full speed and smashing together and outspits content and I feel like that's what Menagerie is Team Kiss was keep it simple stupid K-I-S-S okay that's Team Kiss keep it simple stupid casual players make it easy there's so many people who play casually right and then the Team MMO is like the more hardcore and they smash together and outspits Menagerie so when Menagerie spits out you have something that is very accessible, match made, non-failable, but hardcores can grind it. The more efficiently you grind it, the more rewards you get, and uh, you feel like it's worth your time. That spectrum, you you, you kind of hope that Team MMO and Team Kiss can keep coming together and and keeping the the game on course. The thing is, is I think more and more you're going to see the keep it simple, stupid elements staying kind of on the bottom rung because Luke Smith's really wanting to take us down the road of MMO action game, action MMO with depth and breadth. And if you like it, great. If it's too complicated or too grindy or whatever, then sorry. Venom. Do you think the artifact plus power will go towards a thousand power every season and just reset? Do you think this ruins end game because the gear is always going to be the same power at some point? Should they remove power instead of implementing only the power player level? I don't see how this ruins the end game. Okay. So I, I do think that's what they're going to do. I think you're only going to be leveling the artifact every season. And I think the reason that that's fine is I don't understand why people think leveling is hardcore endgame. It's not. Endgame is loot investment uh, and loot grind. You know? It's, It's loot investment and it's loot grind. Seeing a little number on my name pad, my name tag like go up um, is I... I don't know. That, 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 that's to me, like, what's the point of that? 
Oh, hey, now you can grind up to a thousand power. Cool. Let me ask you something. How long does a hardcore player do that? Two weeks, maybe? And leveling is so much easier and faster now. I mean, you're going to be... So there's like a one week long sort of pay your dues. Maybe two, maybe three week max for the hardcore player. There's like a pay your dues leveling process that you go through and then you're done. And then what do you do for 80% of the season? You go into the end game content and you grind for loot. So why on earth do you need to put that front end like... I don't even know what you would call it. Like, it's like you're going through the motions of leveling and it isn't hard and it isn't super challenging. And so you just end up feeling like, again, like you're going through the motions. You're just sort of like, yep, got to level every season. doesn't take very long. So, you know, yeah, it's a formality at that point. And again, you spend 80% of the season not really, you know, leveling. Um, leveling is part of the way to stretch out access to the content true true Eugene I just I don't know artificial resets at content launches gives extra play time yeah I mean if you reset the artifact uh, I mean to stop the power level leveling do the artifact and just expand on the player each DLC or season right like that's kind of the goal here's a new activity here's a new loot pool all the difficulty structures staying in place and we're resetting your artifact you know Frosty Flakes, what do you think will be the time frame of balancing elimination implementing into competitive new trials? I think Season of Dawn is bringing back trials. <coughs> That's what I think. I think Season of Dawn in the winter is bringing back trials. That's what I think. Warmer climate, you know, bringing back trials, you know, I just, I don't know. Something about that clicks to me. Um, and Lars Bakken says, you know, we've got four versions of trials so you're going to play through those four versions they're going to accept feedback they'll probably rotate those four versions through one more time with some changes and then season of dawn trials comes back that's my that's kind of my right off the cuff like this is my this is probably what's going on uh arson at dawn you know bungie confirmed the artifact mods would go away at the end of the season or would they remain oh they're changing yeah, they said they're changing. They said it's a way for them to experiment with stuff that's too powerful, not powerful enough, and if stuff they feel like needs to come back permanently, they said they could do that, but they said, yeah, it's all changing. Sabers. I watched a video earlier today of the opening story mission. Without many spoilers, after the mission ended, the player was speaking with Ikora and what looked like Vex offensive bounties. Do you think that they'll just run all seasonal content through Ikora? I'm gonna give you a maybe. I... Yeah, I'm going to give you a maybe. A.V. Carp. Would you like to see a return of D1 raids and D2 weapons and armor uh, included? Um, I don't know. I think there's a way to do this that... I think there's a way to do this without it feeling like you're just bringing back D1 raids and the same weapons. I felt like they could have done a dark future version of a raid in the ve- in the infinite forest and then the weapons would be different the armor would be different because it's a not the same raid it's slightly different <clears throat> we have it on pretty good authority that bringing d1 stuff into d2 is really difficult 
so I don't think they're going to do that for such a small percentage of the community even though I would love to play Wrath and King's Fall and Crota and Vogue on the higher frame rate better FOV PC experience I would love to have that experience but I just really really don't think they're going to do that um, I still think the Infinite Force is an easy way for them to be, maybe bring back sections of those raids um, they could call it like the raid simulator and we get like we start off at Lamps and then we end up at Vosik and then we end up at Sisters and then we end up at you know Atheon and it, like it has all these inter interchanging parts and it's like a random boss rush raid and the modifiers would be random or something or maybe like I said maybe like a dark future version so the the encounters themselves and the loot would be different the work that would go into that you know for for a small percentage of the community I just I just don't think so I don't know if they're going to struggle listen if they're going to struggle to give us a raid every season or every other season okay I don't know if they're going to decide to like double down and say okay it's hard enough to give us a raid every season let's try and bring old raids to D from D1 to D2 like the only shortcut you're getting there is just in the idea phase even still again we have it on good authority from inside sources that moving stuff from D1 to D2 is really hard so Inception has there been any news that Forsaken will become free a year from now if you do not think that it would be a good move for Bungie in the future. I mean, making the two-year-old content free all the time is probably a fine move. So next year, sure. Hey, now New Light has completely acquired uh, Forsaken. So, you know, members jumping in in September of 2020 will get all this content. And if you want the year, you know, four content, Taken Queen... Uh, you know, this is how much it costs. Something like that. I don't know if they're calling it Taken Queen. That's just my placeholder name. Initial. Do you think a glory boost for solo players in 3v3 Team Q could be the way to populate the playlist? No idea. Maybe. Purple Pig Gaming. Do you think that they will bring back No Land Beyond? I don't think so. Debata. What are your thoughts at the decreased crit damage to miners since hand cannons can't one-shot crit kill them anymore? Is there any reason to still run a hand cannon anymore? We don't know this. Uh, base damage is going up. Uh, base damage is going up, and you don't know how this is going to scale in all the different content. Delta content 10 to 40 levels above you is going down in how strong the enemies are. So this is this is a little... You're getting, you're getting ahead of yourself here. Do you think that they add matchmaking to raids on certain light level? If not, why? I don't think they'll ever add light level. I'm sorry. I don't think they'll ever add matchmaking to raids. Uh, Reckoning is... And a handful of other activities, you know, are just all the proof you need. Menagerie as well. It's just... uh, If people don't know what they're doing, it's really, really rough. And I don't think they're going to try and ever do matchmaking in raids. Uh, I am Kratos. How do you feel about the Huckleberry? We'll have to wait and see. It's not getting hurt by the Rampage nerf, so it might be worth using for real, real, you know, dense areas with lots of ads. Arctic Spartan, uh, if your theory about raids throughout the year is true, what do you think will be in the game in their place? Um, I have no idea. Secret exotic missions, dungeons, you know, I don't know. Rowdy Piper, there's a lot of talk about Armor 2.0, which brings all armor to the same level, including Year 1 armor. Is there any word about the same thing happening to Year 1 weapons? The word is they're not doing anything yet. The word is that they're not doing anything 
yet. And so they want to, but Luke Smith said like their ideas about infusion and your relationship to your weapon and all that. They're they are uh, they're not done figuring that out. They don't want to just be like, yeah, here's armor 2.0 and here's weapons 2.0. Uh, they're still navigating all of that. So superior tackle if Bungie did add the current pinnacle perks to the loot pool what are your thoughts be still having to acquire the weapon to add the perk to drop the pool oh uh, oh, 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 oh 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 I still have to so if I wanted you know you know outlaw and desperado I'd have to earn that game I don't know yeah maybe Guys, it seems like Nightbot has stopped taking questions. I'm actually okay with that. We're, we're really going long here. The Brock Kelly. Been having this conversation with other subs for a while. Would, you, would love your take. Do you think the changes to Luna, Luna Faction Rally, given Outlaw-esque reload spade seen in footage, will invalidate reload perks on weapons? Um, no, because you don't always do it. Right? You don't always do it. You don't always... Especially on your primary, having a having a reload perk on your primary is really helpful because the rhythm of damage against trash ads. It's nice to have that reload perk. Now, reload perks on like heavy weapons. Sure, I could see you saying, yeah, "I don't really need to get field prep. So and so is going to run Luna factions." But here's the thing, that 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 cuts both ways. If we're all running field prep grenade launchers, you don't have to run Luna factions. You can run something else. You can run, you know, Phoenix Protocol. You know, I, you know, I, you don't have to run that anymore. It goes back. It goes both ways. The Muffin Incident. Since they disabled the Fireteam Medallions, do you think they will nerf XP boost from Ghosts? I have no idea. They're giving you an XP boost with, with like a, a deluxe edition of Shadowkeep. So probably not. Uh, Trance 7. Do you think that they will put special weapons back in the secondary slot? At the moment, it's impossible to run spare rations with revoker and handcuffs. Our loadout choices. This is why I want to go back to a traditional primary, secondary, and heavy loadout. People that want to run two primaries or two secondaries, uh, I don't want to take that from them, but at the same time, I really, really think that the current system is inferior to primary, secondary, and heavy, and you've pointed one of the reasons. We actually added up we actually added up the number of elemental primaries and the number of kinetic secondaries, and it's a freaking joke. Uh, it is a dissonant and imbalanced weapon representation, and I I firmly believe there's no way they leave it as it is. I really don't think they leave it as it is. I find it very hard to believe that as Luke Smith and their crack squad team are combing over the weapon system, it's very difficult for me to think they look at how it is right now and they're like, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. What? You guys don't think it's fine to have like, what, three snipers and a couple of shotguns for your secondary kinetic? And you have, what is that? 50, you know, primary weapons just kind of landlocked in the energy slot? We, We think that's fine. I highly doubt that. There's the highly doubt. There you go. I just... It's really, really tough for me to, to envision them doing that. Let's sit down and really help this weapon, you know, weapon system evolve. And they leave that as it is. I just don't think so. And if people get really angry because they liked running two snipers or something, I think the, the, the comeback would be, well, the weapon system's going in a better direction. We're adding new things. We're adding new customization. We're, we're going to allow you 
you know, maybe better synergy with your weapons and your armor, you know? I think that would be a way uh, to do that. I agree with a lot of your ideas. I just don't see how the old D1 way is any better than what we have. I just, I just outlined it. Kindled Orchid, Horrors Least, Recluse, you know, Luna's Not Forgotten. Like, there's all these weapons that if you run, you know, as an energy primary, there's almost nothing to pair with it. There's a threat level and a handful of snipers. And then there's like year one kinetic shotguns worth using in PvE. But I mean, a lot of the kinetic shotguns like Dust Rock Blues and A Toil and Trouble, they're not good for PvE. It's just massively, massively imbalanced. The representation's horrible. It's horrible. So it's, it's, it's all over the place. And if you brought down secondaries into the secondary slot, your fusion rifles and your sniper rifles are now in the exact same hierarchy lane as your shotguns. And you can put everything back onto a spectrum of efficiency to say, hey, snipers, you know, in this lane, fusions in this lane can do XYZ amount of damage, and here's why. Um, that, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's a better, I think it's a better system. And if they want to go to my system and still give you the ability to run two snipers or two primaries, then by all means, like, go ahead and do it. But, Man, oh man, it's just like, it's really jacked up the way that it is right now. It's super imbalanced. So many great primaries are just seemingly landlocked in that second slot with almost nothing to pair with them in the first slot. So we're going to keep talking. We're going to keep discussing. I'm not shutting the stream down. If you're here live right now and you've enjoyed your stay, it's like an interactive podcast where I usually have gameplay going right there. Please click the follow button. That is a free and easy way to support me. A uh, little heart button. You click that. You can turn on notifications. You won't miss my streams. I'll be doing Shadow Keep all week. There's a podcast tonight. I have Paul Tassie from Forbes on as a co-host and as well as my friend 30 and So Gaming. We'll be talking about you know Shadow Keep Eve, getting really excited. But I am going to do a teeny outro right here to uh, to get ready uh, to, to chop the podcast segment but the stream is going to continue to go live I am not shutting down the stream right now if you're watching or listening to this episode in all the other locations please like share and subscribe